and the moon and the planets are there, and new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. We are in space. We are in space. We are in space with Jonathan Weisger, a Atlanta recording artist originally from Ann Arbor, currently living in Los Angeles. You may know him from his older outfits, Mason Proper, Helen Akimbo. He was the bass player in Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr., but you probably know him because of his number one song on the Billboard Airplay charts, Dissolve, that spent 43 weeks on the Billboard charts. It was released in February of 2015, but didn't go number one until January of 2020, making this story, honestly, a music story like absolutely no other, from the highs and lows to abso facto finding his stardom. And it's beyond an honor to have John on my podcast today. I've been a fan since day one. I debuted Dissolve on my radio show, and abso facto's first live performance was actually at my birthday show, The End of the World Party, on December 21st, 2012. John. Welcome to We Are in Space, brother. Really happy to be here, man. Yeah, it's like you said, it's like thinking back over all that. It's like you really are the the day one of all day ones. And I've said that before, and I'll, it won't be the last time I say it, you know? <laughs> well, if you're focusing on your 1,000 fans, put me in like the top five. Yeah, for, like for sure. You might be, yeah, you are easily in that top five. Um, I guess before I get too deep into this, I want to dedicate this episode to Ryan Brady who passed away over Thanksgiving weekend, who actually did the theme song for this podcast. And I know you had a great relationship with him and that's just terrible news. And I'm sorry for that loss. Yeah, that was, that was really hard. I'm really, I mean, I didn't realize that he did the podcast, the podcast intro until you, you told me when we were setting this up, but um, it's a really, that's like a very important small world thing, but it's like some, I do think that, um, you know, really good people from the Midwest tend to find other really good people from the Midwest. And Ryan was one of those people, you know, so, so it, it weirdly makes sense that you guys knew each other, you know? Right. It's just the way yeah. it kind of works in this industry. So I yeah. guess, I guess the direction and, you know, I'm shout out to thinking of Ryan's family and everyone else and Ross Fetterman from Tally Hall lived with him in New York. And that's how I have that relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been on this road for a long time with Abso Facto, and it took five years for Dissolve to get to number one. And it was a roller coaster event for you as a musician with Atlantic because I kind of felt, from my point of view, um, Atlantic lost faith in the song. And I think when they lost faith in the song, they also um, weren't empowered to push it as hard as they could. And it really put you in a place where you didn't even know which direction you wanted to go with in your career and what type of lesson did you learn from that? And most importantly, how has it ha how has it helped you grow as an artist? I mean, that's a very uh, difficult question in a way, unfortunately, but um, you know, I, I don't know if losing faith in a song is quite the, characteristic of it is it's quite the right characterization of this it's to me it's more um just the way that uh the churn of any label releasing music is, is that you know you release it you give it whatever push it's going to get at the time but um at a certain point you know they don't play favorites i guess to some extent and so if it doesn't pop off right away, you naturally move on because there's a whole roster of artists uh, releasing music, you know, at all times. Um, so naturally, if something doesn't grab the public attention, then it can kind of uh, not die. I mean, die, I guess die on the vine um, is a way to, to put that. That said, you know, lots of songs, I, I think lots of songs that are hits, like, as recorded it is just to me 
you know, like it sounds like a hit is a hit is an amazing song. Don't become actual hits in the world. And um, that's just kind of part of the nature of making anything. Yeah, truth. As well. And I'm not trying to, you know, um, downplay the, the, the dramatic ups and downs of it for me, but I've had a lot of time to now reflect on that time period and I've learned a lot in the process. I don't, I think it's just the, the nature of the beast a little bit. Yeah, you can make something great and it can, it can sort of be overlooked in the world very easily. That's probably the, that's the default thing is that you will make something great and it will be overlooked. So it's almost like a lot of good timing. A lot of good timing, a lot of, you know, you know, luck along the way, um, certainly some level of perseverance. What I really, I think, learned with that song, I think, to be honest, I think there might be like a better like entry point into this story. Okay. Awesome. Um, but yeah. Lead, because, us, lead us into it. Yeah. So that song taking five years to be, become a number one. If I, the thing that made that possible was respecting and understanding how music is passed from person to person. And that's a song where it, it's lived, you know, 10 different lives or more over the course of getting a chance to become number one. And so like the earlier, the earlier forms of it were in the early days, people were making a lot of anime music videos to that song. Um, this was when it was an independently released thing. Um, and there was uh, an animation platform called Flipnote. And most of us never used it, but it was really popular with a, you know some people and it became a meme on that platform with people making animations to it at the time. You know, and I, you know, I pitched it to all the blogs because that was a that was more of a relevant thing at the time, and it and it went number one on Hype Machine, and then you know that caught the attention of of record labels, um, which I had never you know worked with a big record label before, so I just kind of thought, well, why not? I'll give it a shot, and went down that road. But even then, a good year, year and a half went by of me being signed there. And then we re-released the song in a shorter version and with a music video. And I got to make an incredible music video thanks to our friend, Ryan Brady, actually, who the episode is dedicated to. I made that with him. That started a new life for it. And we, we took it to um, a small radio format, triple A, just smaller than, you know, full alternative radio. And that was kind of seen as not fully successful at the time either. And we also around that time caught wind that the, the song was being used by a few people on a platform called Musical.ly, which for people who don't know, later became TikTok. That was the platform that evolved into TikTok. And so at the time, we were trying to do forward thinking things. And we were like, well, let's, uh, there's a company that you know, promotes things on musically and we're getting some love there and let's try it. And I wasn't on the platform. I don't know what it was, but um, I remember somebody saying to me, yeah, that was a waste of time. We just promoted it to a bunch of like of 12 year olds and, you know, little kids basically on musically. Um, and I didn't, you know, I don't know. So we all went, okay, well, that didn't do anything. Well, flash forward a couple of years and Musical.ly became TikTok and all those same kids that were 12, 13, 14 were now like, you know, 16, 17 and the song and the song had bubbled on Musical.ly. So right when TikTok started, the song just came with it and then songs started blowing up because the scale of TikTok was much bigger. The song was just kind of already there. And so it blew up with the initial success of TikTok. And as people were seeing songs blow up from it for the first time, mine was just default. Yeah, because over a million people made a video to your song, right? 
Yeah, um, way, way more than that, because there's multiple uploads of it. Um, a lot of people in the military you, were using TikTok early on um, as kind of, I think, a way to entertain themselves, you know, while deployed. It was actually uh, this uh, female Marine that used it in a certain way where she was jumping up and down in front of a mirror to like create the illusion that she was falling through a portal. Shout out to Little Buckshot, that's who I'm talking about. And she ended up creating a trend that took that song from, you know, being fairly small on the platform to being at the time, one of the biggest songs. And it's still used every single day now, two years later. Funny aside is that she just, uh, just yesterday, I noticed that she used the same, the same woman used um, my new song, Someone Else's Dream on there. So I was pretty excited about that. She's a fan. Yeah, I mean, we just, I, I've thanked her so many times because she literally changed my life by accidentally starting that trend. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how that works, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's incredible what, what it can do for people. It's made so many careers, obviously. And then, you know, at that time, because getting that kind of attention and suddenly having so many more streams happening, I sort of used that to reconnect closely with, um, my label Atlantic and uh, they got behind it more and helped kind of push it more and then ultimately uh, took it to alternative radio where we started the story that you mm -hmm. started of it of the long um, long slow uh, climb to number one which was it was one of the five longest <laughs> in alternative radio history it's one of the five longest runs to number one I actually, ha I have the list in front of me of the, of the four songs in front of you. Do you know them? I think that fits in the tantrums is not one. No, yeah, thirty three weeks with out of my league. Yeah, I do not remember the rest though. Thirty two is mountain at my gates by foils. Okay. Tied with animal from neon trees at thirty two weeks. Thirty one weeks is nineteen oh one by Phoenix. Number 30, 30 weeks is abso facto. That's you. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm in great company there. Yeah, you really are, also, are. Those are also all songs that I feel like, for the most part, have like stood the test of time, you know, of their interest. And so I think there is something to be said for the slower. Sometimes it, if, it, if something sounds kind of new, maybe it doesn't catch on as quickly. But when it solidifies its place, it's a very strong place you know? Absolutely. Building organically is absolutely, is just, that's how it should be done correctly, especially with a new artist trying to make new fans. Definitely. Yeah. So, so how does one, so your, so Dissolve is on TikTok, goes extremely viral. Like we said, over millions and millions of people make these uploads. Probably, I don't even know, 70% don't know who you are. They just know the song. Maybe yeah. even more like how, does that keep you up at night being like, if, how do I reconnect with these people? And like, how do I let them know it's me? Yeah, I mean, so in the, <laughs> the, the year that it really blew up, which was, uh, I guess, 2019, if I'm, if my brain is recalling correctly, I guess that was like the year. Is that right? Or is it 2018 now? I don't know, whatever year it was. It's there's, there's, to me, there's, uh, I, I think it was 2019 basically i didn't sleep that entire year for this reason i knew that this was a moment an important moment um that was moving so quickly and that i needed to um make the most of and i just you know i, I had more or less given up on something like this happening for me at that time and um when it started to go you know i, I did think constantly like how do I kind of make the most of this? And what does that even mean to make the most of it? And I described it at the time as like, it's almost like I stood on top of a huge snowy mountain and threw like a tiny snowball from the top and then promptly like tripped and slid down the entire mountain on my face for five, for like three years. And then when I got to the bottom of the mountain, there was just a giant snowball down there with a bunch of people standing around it, looking at it. And I had to go kind of 
brush myself off and stand next to it and be like, this is my snowball that I made, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did this and try to take credit for it, which I, you know, I think that um, it's not uncommon for artists to have, <laughs> I don't want to even call it a problem because it's, it's actually just uh, in line with who I am. I'm kind of like a more modest person. I'm not like a very flashy human being. I'm not surprised that the song sort of went farther than I have in a way, but I'm also very comfortable with it. And I've kind of come to a place where I think I prefer it <laughs> actually. Right. So, and I, I've reconciled, um, it took me maybe like a whole year to decide whether or not I should feel bad about that, you know, but I don't, I feel great about it. Yeah. I feel like that's the only way to be because you made it. So it's really one in the same, regardless. It's one in the same. And, and I'm in this to make things. I'm not in this to be like music. Isn't like, like a fashion item that I wear to make myself look cool. I like to make stuff. And I think that, and I like to make things that have value, stand back and watch as people enjoy those things. And so that's what my future is. Um, that's what I, I want to push. I couldn't agree with you more. And your music, especially, man, it tears so many emotions and feelings out of me, which um, I connect with on such a spiritual level with your music because it's honest music that you're making for you. And I feel like after I listen to your songs, I'm like, man, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally my dream that, that, that you would feel something. Like if, I, if I had to describe what I hope someone happens when someone listens to an Abso Facto song is their, their attention is captured by it. While I have their attention, I make them feel something that feels new like some bring something out and then leave them with a sense of mystery and hope and wanting to know more. That's exactly what I would describe. <laughs> so that's like music to my ears. That's incredible. So d dissolve when you release it, you sign with Atlantic, it has the initial bump. It doesn't do everything that one hoped it would do regardless. It still had great success with Atlantic. Um, you go on tour with two feet, you come back from tour doesn't seem like Atlantic has a lot of dates booked for you for the fall. You're starting to question what's your next move because you were hoping for more. Ed, was there ever a point in that period where you were starting to lose faith in Abso Facto becoming a success and just being like, all right, I'm just going to bunker down and make honest music and not put a, any pressure on myself to have success? I mean, yeah, I would say that I've until maybe, I don't know, until maybe fall of 2020, that questioning it was still going on. Because, you know, certainly before Dissolve blew up, I was fully questioning it. <laughs> I was, and in, in a very practical sense, I was questioning if I could sustain being alive um, without making a major change in how I was going about life. So that was very real. And then after, um, this is kind of a, a little, you know, a, just a fact about being in music is that um, when something starts to happen, like with a song, you also don't see any money for a really long time, like more than a year after, you know, if you, generally speaking, like, so even while this was all going on and I was like kind of working my fingers to the bone, trying to make the most of it every way that I could. And I also was like, again, not making money at all for a very long time. And so it's, it's really only been, you know, a, a few months now where I feel like I'll be able to keep doing it. And I also know exactly what I want to do. And I believe in the future of what I want to do, even if I haven't gotten to prove that it works yet. I'm just very, um, because it's like, I've, I've, re, I've gotten a chance to reflect and re-tap into what is valuable to me. And what I've found is that any, the music that has connected the most with people from me is music where I made it with that mentality. And so I think that 
I'm just confident that me doubling down on making what I believe has a lot of, of can add a lot of value to people's lives and, and make them feel something is going to ultimately work out for me. And, and I've also figured out what it isn't, which is maybe the most important thing because for me as, you know, as a musician, you mentioned touring, I don't love touring. Um, I don't love performing that much. Not that I don't love it when it it's when I'm on stage and it's happening. It's that's great. But in the same way that it's not about me trying to make this music about myself, you go on stage and it kind of in most contexts is you making it about yourself in a way. You know, it's like here I am, watch me do it, watch me. Yeah. You know, which isn't really me. So knowing, I have a way that I'm, I'm, you know, hoping to build to, to more the live thing being more in line with my kind of creative values. But most of the things that I like to do end up me needing a lot of collaborators and costing some money. <laughs> so I got to pace myself on how I develop things a little bit, but. You release um, someone else's dream in September of 2020 last year. And that somebody else's dream was initially the follow-up to dissolve was am i correct on that timeline yeah i actually made it um <clears throat> two weeks or uh, two months after i had finished dissolve originally and i was planning on releasing it myself at the time because when dissolve initially went well i kind of told myself and I, I was very confident I was like oh I know exactly how I did that I know exactly what why people like this and I can do it again um, and I can show that it wasn't a fluke right away and uh, at the time because I was talking to labels I was you know I was I was then told uh, sort of hey no don't don't release that song because it, whichever label I went to was going to want to release the song well that song you know that song then slipped through the cracks for uh, years <laughs> and uh, kind of came back around last year as being, um, you know, I had some some team changes, I guess, and um, everyone kind of heard it and was like, wait, this one, <laughs> this is great. Like, I know, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's, it was great then, it's, gr it's still great now. And uh, I'm really happy that it came out and it got like, you know, we got to make a really cool anime music video, which is very uh, a nod to, I think, what launched all of this in, in a way because of like those early Dissolve anime music videos. Does someone else's dream falling up Dissolve describe a, you living in someone else's dream, someone you acting out someone else's dream? I mean, it kind of fits this whole timeline with your creativity and pleasing others and getting focused on just yourself is, could you tell me um, whose dream are you trapped in? Yeah, I mean, it, it actually applied. I think I try to write my songs in such a way that they are um, short stories that are applicable in multiple different ways to people's lives. And even that song's even been, I would say every year of my life since I've written it, has there's been a different way that that song was, you know, applied, um, be that being in a long relationship that then, you know, I looked around at one point and was like, I, I'm surrounded by um, someone else's decisions. I didn't make these decisions and I've just kind of accepted them. And while it's not necessarily like a bad, a bad uh, world, it's not mine. So um, that that's one way that it has applied. And then certainly learning how to um in being in being uh somewhat like modest or humble i guess like you know i i kept a really open mind that that people might have perspective on my music that um i could learn from you know and incorporate in and so in the process of even learning to take like outside kind of feedback on what i should be doing I learned some lessons of when not to do that and and how not to do that. And that's another form of someone else's dream where it's like, oh, if somebody is talking to me about what my music should be, 
you know, I thought, well, maybe I'll keep an open mind to this. And then at a certain point now I, I've, I've come to realize how to take that outside opinion while being like, my world is my world though. And the music, if, if, if I don't love it, it's not coming out. And that's a way to be like, I'm living in my dream. I'm not living your dream. I'm not building your dream. You'll never care about what, like no one else will ever care about um, what I'm making as much as me. And that's okay. You know, that's, that's, that's my job is to care the most. True. And you, I think it might be fair to say, because I know you so well, you might care too much. Um, Cause you work. I, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying that because I've, you're so meticulous with your music. You work a song so hard. Like you work, put so many hours into one song in the creative process. I feel like I remember from the past, you work on a very slow, slow timeline with your music mm -hmm. yeah I, I mean dissolve you know i i worked on, i made it took two months to make that song um i only worked on that one song for two months obviously not non-stop but to yeah. me that's part of the um I, I i liken it to i like the process to be a little bit more like fits and um little bursts of activity and then moments, the periods of rest where I can reflect on that burst of activity. So I'll work really hard on it for a day and then I might need a day or even two days to just let it sit, listen in different contexts, come back, hear it again, work on it a lot again, step away again, work on it a lot again, step away again. And by doing that, I think that I gained some um, objectivity and I can hear it maybe like a listener eventually will um, by, by giving myself that space. And that just takes time for me. And, you know, like, like when I, like when I made dissolve, I was, I'd work on it all day and then I would drive around at night listening to it. And then the next day I just might watch movies all day, <laughs> but that was an important part of it too, you know, and listen to other, other music and just, you know, let myself avoid it sometimes. And, I mean, it's, it's basically the general rule I use when I'm writing something that's important. I write it all out and then put it away because I can't proofread it unless it's the next day when it's out of my mind. Exactly. Yeah. You, you only get that one chance per day to, to experience it for the first time having slept, which feels like I'm, <laughs> I'm a slightly new person every time I wake up, mm -hmm. you know, not completely new, but slightly new and I can hear it where I can see it. So now I'm going to go down this road of these songs that you have that you sit on for multiple years and then they become number one hits to try to understand Sinking Islands a little bit. Yeah. Um, I remember No Power being one of the first songs you put out, which was kind of fits the whole story of Dissolve and someone else's dream because this is you taking the power back of your um, musical creativity. And Absofacto came almost was like a Marvel character of yourself being like, let's go do this. Mm -hmm. And I wonder and pray and kind of almost even beg for Sinking Islands to be on your Spotify, for people to hear feathers, for people to understand punk drunk on mold. And I know I just said that song title right. <laughs> punk drunk on, what is it? Punch, uh, punch drunk on black mold. Yeah. Punch drunk on black mold. Like It's a mouthful. I, for real. Um, who's, um, whose side are you on anyways? Mm -hmm. Like these are songs, saying that I love them is an understatement. I almost feel that, uh, the songs I just named could be number one hits on their own merits in 2021. Mm -hmm. Where, how does that fall off the abso facto timeline? And is it ever going to come back or are those songs just for the old school fans and that's it? Well, yeah. It, so it's obviously been down for a while and I, um, that was a, a decision made at a time where, um, I don't think anyone quite knew exactly what, how I was going to be, um, enter like the new sort of era 
of things. And in hindsight, I think that that some of the decisions made in that time were not as well thought out as they could be. And certainly like taking down the old music, I think was one of those decisions that I don't, I don't think that was necessary in, in hindsight. That said, uh, it, it's harder to, it would have been easier to leave it up than to put it back up is, but I am, um, I am actually, actually actively trying to see how that can happen at some point. And, uh, how that stuff has lived is, and I've justified it to myself in this way where, you know, I, I grew up like finding, you know, and finding demos from bands that were never released that people were being traded as bootlegs and um getting people to mail them to me from you know all over the country and stuff to just have you know the collection of like oh if you love a band like find all the stuff that they recorded that never made the cut and dig that all, all that up and i haven't necessarily fully minded that music being special for the people who have it but that said i think um i I would really like to get it back up on streaming because I stand by it 100%. And if anything, the direction that I'm heading now uh, has has more to do with that music than than anything because I, I made that I made all that music in a very pure, creative place, and that's that's very much like where my head is at now. Would you, so, would you consider releasing any of those songs on a new album as new tracks? Probably not um, for a few reasons of just a that would take time away from new things that I want to do um, fully new things what mm -hmm. I will what I am thinking about doing though is um, at, at minimum remastering because my my ear has shifted a little bit over time and I think that um, some subtle improvements can be made without I don't I also don't want to um, without messing up what's already just great about that music yeah. i think just, just a little sonic touch up i i would well everyone says this everyone thinks this about themselves but i think i have good good taste when it comes to sonics and i think that i will not fuck that up and <laughs> i will stand <laughs> by it so um yeah and i yeah there's a so that's that's kind of what i'm picturing i don't want to be too um i don't want to george lucas it you know no without a doubt and if you remastered it and put it out it would be released in that year It'd be a 2021 release remastered, which kind of gives it a new flair also and some new attention. Yeah, I mean, I don't even, I, I definitely view it as something that um, doing that I would do for the people who miss it, you know, and let it be something that pe new people either discover or don't. Just in the time, I don't, I don't want to have to explain it too much. I just what kind of want to be like, it's there for people who totally. want it. Totally. You know? if, if you had a dream tonight, that someone came to you in your life and said, listen, if you release Feathers as a new song, it will go number one and be one of the biggest songs in the world. And you woke up the next morning, would you consider it then? Oh yeah, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know? I can honestly say that I was right about Dissolve from yeah. day one. And I feel very confident I'm right about those songs too. Well, I... If, if there's so anything I'll see that, you in your dream tonight, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything that I am, it's the guy who has occasionally, very occasionally had a song decide to raise its hand, no matter how long it's been out. So that's why I do think making it, making stuff available is a good move because you just never know. <laughs> you just, you do just never know. And I still play those songs on my radio show because I'm so honored that I have them. I mean, that's, that's where they live, man. That's like, yeah. that's probably where people hear those songs the most. It's crazy. Yeah. I think the reality is between Lemon Drop and Python and Rewind and Someone Else's Dream and all the songs and music you've put out post-Dissolve um, have all just been bangers. And the direction isn't the same as Sinking Islands. Mm -hmm. It's... I mean, it's more global, if you will, but yeah. at the same time, you just can't beat a good love story. You know, yeah. you just no, can't. I'm... The emotions in Sinking Islands is just off the charts. 
So I'm really happy to hear that you're at least entertaining that. And hopefully this conversation um, fires it up a little more. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, you know, it's it's always on my, like a month doesn't go by without me thinking about it because someone's always asking me about it. And I, what I've been doing is just sending sending all the old music to people directly, you know, who ask. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you listened to the album? That's a good question. I mean, I, I listened, there's a few songs that I listen to more frequently than others. I guess it's not on Sinking Islands, but I listened to the, the first part of Lies a lot. I think like that the intro of the song Lies is one of my favorite things that I've ever done. Just the weird interlocking, uh, sort of interlocking notes at the beginning that then sort of are, I don't know, just, I just like it. Yeah, well, it's interesting hearing you say that one of your favorite things you've ever done, no one can hear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can go out. You can find it on YouTube. It's out there, but it's, you know, and just random people's uploads. You Do know? you ever say that to someone? They're like, oh, I love Dissolve. Be like, oh, you should hear the songs I've never released. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some, I think people, sometimes I'll point people to YouTube, but usually I just like send them the, the zip of all the songs and go, here you go. It's like, you know. It's just, so, it, to me, there's something kind of cool about it. I love, you know, like Aphex Twin and stuff. And I feel like there was always just music to dig up from true. artists like that. It's like mining Bitcoin. You can find more abso facto than you ever imagined. Right, yeah. So how many songs are you working on currently right now? And are you r making music right now? Or recording music right now? Writing music right now? Um, I am uh, doing all of those things. Yeah, I... There's, I'm working on five, well, five new Abso Facto songs concurrently. Ooh, um, that means an, that you're working on things that aren't you, which we need to get into also. Well, and plus another, I would say five in the, like Abso Facto songs in the wings, um, depending on how fast I can finish the first five. So there's, there's a lot of releases coming, a lot of video stuff. I'm working on, which I'm very excited about, because um, that's a big, I've kind of fallen in love with uh, what I can accomplish with uh, video and music together. And that's kind of a big piece of the puzzle for me going forward. I mean, your so, music um, videos have been off the charts up to this date. I mean, every single song you've put out is an incredible music video. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I have learned a lot. I mean, those I would say that the ones that are out now were me kind of cutting my teeth a little bit with it. And now it has solidified into, I think, a, an overarching vision of what I, and I will and will not do with video going forward. And I'm, it's a big deal to me right now. And that's, that's, that's if there's something I want to push, it's that I want to, you know, there's, I just, I've been spending a lot of time with the music videos that um, have stuck with me my entire life and thinking about how I think I, I understand, I think I understand how that, that happened. And I want to make more of those things for the world, I guess. It just shows you how much of an artist you are. And it also separates you from the live performance also, which is also nice. Definitely. Yeah. Like it, it, it's very in line with, how my mind works, which is make something, don't be something, I guess. That's great. So new releases coming up or are these, is this going to EP, LP, just singles? Any idea when you might release your next song? As soon as possible is all I can really say. <laughs> I know this story, John. Yeah, I know this story. As soon as possible, but it's very actively every day forward progress towards the eventual release so it's not it's not like see you next year at all you know it'll be mm -hmm. this new music this year throughout the year that's great would you are you going to just release it as singles i think time will tell on that a little bit yeah i can't really say for sure exactly how it'll be packaged or split up yet but um i'm definitely heading more towards making things that are um kind of a, a more of a body of work I guess than in you know everything always will stand alone because that's just also how my brain works but certainly I think like it, it'll be I, if this year goes well it'll be the most abstract music that probably ever came out in a single year to date 
so that's kind of that's that's if I accomplish that by the end of the year and I look back I'm like I never released as many songs as that in a year then I'll be happy yeah I mean how can you not be because you don't release anything unless you 100% stand behind it so I completely can understand that what is the vibe of the new music are you going is it is it I feel the world of like the dance pop scene the electro pop scene is like has a hold on abso facto and it's kind of pulling it towards it. Like it wants that club banger. That is certainly expressed. That influence is certainly expressed, but I've gotten to a point where like when I was making say the music on sinking islands or loners, I didn't consider any of these, you know, like what genre something was, what influences were coming in. It's just more, um do i like it or not and i'm focusing more on the feeling that things create and i think i've kind of like hit a level of mastery over a lot of techniques where i can the genre of fluidity can serve what effect i want to create and so if something if the feeling benefits from being more dancey then great but i'm not gonna there's no default got it yeah it makes total sense and we both can agree that genres in 2021 are dead so definitely yeah yeah and when there's when there's hip-hop country songs there's no point of having genre anymore yeah it's just whatever's good whatever's fresh that makes total sense so basically you're saying i'm gonna release my music and if you want to get up and dance go for it if you want to lean back and read a book go for it ultimately the decision is yours not mine Exactly. Yeah. And I, I've also really gotten into um, making multiple versions of as many songs as possible. Certainly there were like a lot for someone else's dream, but certainly any song that um, to me is a little more cranked up, like I, I'm always kind of thinking about the eventual acoustic, what I call an acoustic version, which is really like a chill version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like doing that. And I think because I know a lot of, for a lot of people, my music is more, um, they look to it sort of for comfort, I guess. And yeah. so I really, I really like to make the version that at the end of the day, they can throw headphones on and um, kind of feel like that warm embrace of the sound, I guess. And that's not always going to be the banger version. No, that's so true. And it almost makes me think like, eventually if you just put out an acoustic album like grouping your acoustic songs together i mean that would be wild that would be so good yeah i mean that would I, be a way to bring back these sinking island songs too definitely i mean and that's some that's something that is i really like that idea i had never thought of that so nice one i might i might steal that idea dude we're not i'm i'm on your team <laughs> no i'm stealing it <laughs> no you can, you can have it yeah acoustic <laughs> album bring back those old songs so people love them and then you release the originals of it later and the people have their mind explode <laughs> or or the originals are safely tucked away oh, in, yeah. in the uh back catalog and the new versions are the new versions i don't know it, there's a yeah. hundred ways it can go, but i, I love like it this, i like the idea of uh seeing which ones would express acoustically i guess yeah because those songs would work great that way okay see i knew this podcast was this is honestly just my mission to get it up to speed <laughs> with this i wanted to touch base with you, you i know you're not in love with touring and yeah. shade you got to open up after trampoline went number one everywhere on the planet earth yeah, um which massive. is just i had them play sonic lunch that year ironically yeah. and when i booked them they only had four million streams and by the time they came in i had a band they were like you got the greatest deal ever on shade yeah yeah um, um, they, they had an amazing year i was happy to get a front row seat to that because they deserved every bit of success that they dude, had with that such great people too and what a tour to be on. I mean, I feel like everyone on that tour knows Dissolve, knows Trampoline, and never seen it live. That's like the perfect scenario for you. Yeah, no, it was it was really great. And especially we were, um, I mean, for one thing, just, you know, two very different artists, but also with um, a similar emotional backbone, even though we sound completely different, I think. And you know, both having kind of a song. It was funny because the, we were both kind of supporting it at, um, on the radio. And so a lot of days 
we would um, not only see each other at the, at the show, but we would be walking into a radio station while they were walking out <laughs> and be like, hey guys, like, see you later. You know, so we were, we were very, and, and uh, you know, everyone and all the cities that were, were coming out, like, I don't know, it was just easy for, um, it was, it was easy to promote. We were, we were in the same exact kind of world and it was really fun. I missed that tour. I, I bet. And it's honestly, I would assume maybe opening shows are the best shows for Abso Facto anyways, because you love the short set, getting it all out and being done. Yeah. I mean, yes. Opening is a double-edged sword for sure. Cause, uh, but also just being a being being a band that's a, that's still at the level where you do open just is yeah always a uh, push pull because some nights you're like oh this is this is amazing and then other nights you're like we are I feel that we are the opening bands today yeah true hey <laughs> enjoy room. enjoy your line check <laughs> yeah there there were definitely some nights where you know I have no illusions about this there were definitely some nights where we play the whole set and people are like oh this is cool and then we play dissolve at the end and they're like. Oh, I know that song. Now I know who you are. And they didn't know who, who the hell we were the entire time. So, and you can't play Dissolve first. No, because then they just don't even hear it at all. There's yeah. no, it's a loser. You're going to play it at the beginning and the end, which is also <laughs> weird. There's no answer that isn't weird. Um, Did you ever do that? Play it twice? No. No, I would feel I would feel that it was but, not done for artistic reasons. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what, that is actually the best game plan. It, it definitely is. I mean, the the... From what I experienced, the best game plan would just be to play it over and over and over for the entire set. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no one wants to do that. So the, but yeah, outside of, I don't know if I would say like opening is like the best scenario. The best scenario is getting to a level where I can do state the stage production that I actually want to do and do more of an experiential show, which is what I hope to get to. Yeah, that makes giant video screens and everything else. Incorporate, exactly. incorporated. It's it's slowly building to get exactly where you want it, which is incredible. Yeah, I just for me, I just want to be patient and um, always push the edge of for each. I view it like building a wall right now, and each brick that I put down, I want to make sure is a brick that is. Uh, the right brick that as the wall is built there isn't a weak one in the entire wall and it doesn't matter if it takes me the rest of my life to build a tiny wall that wall is going to be strong as fuck you know <laughs> like that's what I, that's what I, I want and then beside that wall is a giant pile of bricks that weren't strong enough that never didn't make the cut definitely yeah exactly and then hopefully you get faster and faster at identifying bricks that are are not going to make the cut so that you waste less time on them true i mean because i'm sure you've worked countless hours on a song that you were like ultimately wasn't good enough and you're like why did yeah. i waste why did yeah. i try to make this good i have 250 songs from the last five years that probably won't see the light of day well wow. unfinished obviously but yeah there's a lot of stuff does one like just shop them my i mean a lot of them because they're <laughs> any song that's like a potential abso facto song is generally too weird for anyone to take <laughs> okay yeah i guess that kind of makes sense you know it's the rare i think maybe these days i'm writing some things more that i where i could i could write a song for abso facto and have someone potentially take it but for the most part it's kind of too specific of a thing it's like stranger things yeah i just you know it's it's a different thing writing for other people for sure you end up more more general yeah, that makes total sense. I don't see you writing any hit country songs unless you try to. There's not going to be a default abso facto country hit song. No, I wouldn't. I would definitely wouldn't do it accidentally. That's for sure. That's for sure. Part of this podcast with We Are in Space, I ask all of my guests some the same questions towards the end, just to see how they would answer. And you just, I'll just start off, and then you can tell me your thoughts. You can get it in depth, or you can just be like, yes, no. Okay. Um, do you believe in Bigfoot? I, I want to, but I don't believe that it's like that likely that there's one because Bigfoot kind of is the idea that there's just there's one of these things. It's like that's Bigfoot. It's not like that's a Bigfoot. I would believe it more if it's like, oh, I saw a Bigfoot today, but 
it's like Bigfoot. No, like with a capital B. No way. There's not one guy. He'd be old. He'd be so old. True, He's but dead. what about like Sasquatches or Bigfoot? Wild? I... Do you think there's a primitive ape-style man living in the woods somewhere on Earth? Um, I, I just, I want, I want there to be, but I don't think that we would have missed him at this point. I think we've got Google Earth and people are crazy. They're like looking at everything on there. You know, I think we would, we would spot some little glimpse of this thing. And um, I don't want to, I think there's probably maybe stuff deep in the ocean we haven't seen in terms of animals. I think probably most mammals we've, we've probably pretty much seen. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. What are your thoughts on um, ghosts? Do you believe in ghosts? Have you ever seen a ghost? I think that ghosts are, the concept of a ghost, more so than the concept of Bigfoot, is difficult to define and might mean something completely different to different people. Um, I think that 100% people see ghosts. So in that sense, they're real. Um, certainly people feel them whatever and but it's hard to say where um, if one person sees something and no one else sees it does it even matter if it was just conjured by their mind or not if no one else saw it and it never touches anything or affects anything else then I don't know that there's it, I don't think it matters if it was in their mind or not so I would say that yes to me ghosts do exist but I don't know that they're necessarily like a measurable phenomenon that's like there's one there now see it's proven yeah i don't necessarily see that i kind of feel the same way the more you think about ghosts the more you realize we have no idea what's going on as humans we're just members of the great ape family and we only have so many senses and mm -hmm. i wouldn't even rule out they're from another dimension or anything else i, I i'm over my general theory is the same as yours we just yeah. we don't have enough information and and don't get me wrong like i again like i want there to be ghosts and i think that we all feel uh unexplained phenomenon and that mystery is something that i like in being in life and so i think that it's it's more fun to believe in them than not and so why not <laughs> would you would you ever consider using a ghost or something along those lines as a muse for a song I'm sure I have. I certainly reference them a lot. I reference mm -hmm. every every paranormal thing under the sun and every sci-fi concept, every magical realism concept. I'm sure I've done ghosts. I mean, I've in Palinopsia, I feel like I reference maybe ghosts. Um, I haven't just been like, this is a song about a ghost necessarily. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, someone else's dream could be ghost version of you in a dream i guess the possibilities are endless yeah a lot of ghostly things i don't know if there's a if there's a ghost that's like boo <laughs> you know, True. yeah absofacto very is kind of paranormal in itself i like that very very yeah it's more so than people realize um it's it's definitely on some magical realism sci-fi stuff seriously i feel like that should be your genre I think it kind of is. If people are, if people are people that are paying enough attention, I think it it is. What kind of genre is it? Like, oh, he's paranormal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. What are your thoughts on um, intelligent life being in the universe, not on Earth, and aliens? It feels um, likely to me that just somewhere in the massive scope of the universe that life this conditions for life have sprung up and that life has organisms that are more intelligent than some of the other organisms on it. So I would say that, yes, I think that there's intelligent life somewhere in the universe, almost for sure to me. I totally agree. Those are, that's basically my thoughts on aliens too. I guess my next question would be what current artists and musicians are you listening to right now that people need to check out? So there's a few that um, I, I'm really right now into uh, kind of unknown, more unknown indie artists. Um, some people that haven't even really released music yet, to be honest, but, um, and it's kind of, 
I don't know why, but I'm finding myself really drawn to it lately. So I think that um, an artist called Limbo, who is um, kind of a bedroom electronic pop artist, um, who she she writes, produces, mixes, masters her music all herself, and she's very prolific. Um, and that's definitely someone that people should check out. A friend of mine in Toronto, Roderick Porter, who I met when Dissolve started to blow up a couple of years ago, and he reached out and was like, "How are how are you not bigger? Like I want to." And he he literally was like, "I want to, I want to like." rep like rep your music to my fans because you should have more fans he was just really nice and we connected at that time and he is about he is about to drop an incredible album that he's working on with one of kanye's engineers longtime producer and engineer so, so it's a and it's kind of a you know in that that older kanye kid cuddy but new realm and then uh there's an artist called nyan n-i-o-n who is, uh, he's been, he, I see a lot of myself in him and he's been holed up for the last maybe two years now. And I know he's making something crazy. <laughs> he makes really, really cool lo-fi beat stuff, but in a, not in a cliche 24 hour study beats type mm -hmm. of, you know, it, um, he, new lo-fi genre blending stuff. And I have a feeling whatever he is cooking up is incredible, but he also has music out that you can listen to. And um, listening to his music for me feels kind of like putting on Jay Dilla or something where you don't know what the next track is going to sound like, but it's fresh and raw and um, you can just feel the talent and who he is in every beat. Hopefully the listener will hear my Sharpie going as I'm writing this down yeah, because I don't yeah. want to re-listen to this podcast just to listen to it right after this interview. No, those are all unsigned artists. Um, also, my friend Melody Federer, who is another unsigned artist, and she sent me this song called I Hate Love recently and uh, ended up, I ended up being like, Get, send that to me right now. I'm going to produce it out with uh, my uh, creative partner, Kosuke that song just came out and it's starting to kind of take off a little bit. And I don't know, I'm just into this idea of unsigned artists and helping them have their first thing when possible or just supporting them. And that's, that's kind of what I get excited about these days. And that's just the type of good person that you are. I just, I've lived that life for a long time and I know it's, it just takes one to I mean, change it. I've, do, I've done countless workshops with musicians Mm -hmm. And multiple times I've talked about with you connecting with every single fan that reaches mm -hmm. out to you. I mean, I'm sure you can't do it now because you're a pop star or a famous musician. But I remember early on in the day, like you took your time with every single fan. You were like literally emailing them and touching base with them, uh, replying to every message. And like that just has the type of person you are and the culture of your fans. And it's really admirable because that's literally what it takes it's it's funny it's when i think of when i like wake up and at this point and think about like okay i'm gonna show up and do abso facto stuff today like i always do um it, it there is the corest of core fans to me that almost symbolize everybody else you know in a way mm -hmm. and you know i care it's because you're right there it is like it can get so broad that it's like you can't necessarily think about every single person individually at all times you'd still appreciate every single person at all times and there are these people that just i know you know scattered across the country maybe 20 of them where i'm like you are the they're just the the model of like who my music at its core resonates with and i understand those people i know those people personally well and I kind of view it like if I'm making something that they would like, I know I'm making the right thing, you know, and you're certainly one of those people and where it's just, you know, the handful of people where it's like, it's the model of it. And I've always wanted you know. to be a model. <laughs> well, you're, you're a model Finally. in my mind. You know? <laughs> Finally, the dream has come true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put abso facto model on my bio when we're done with this. Perfect. <laughs> Man, I really, 
really appreciate you coming on We Are In Space, brother. And I can't wait to keep on promoting your music. And I'm so excited for these new videos that are coming out and you taking time to talk with me, um, watching you make your rise. And really, the rise is just starting. It's truly incredible. And I, I, I'm, I said this from day one, I just, I can't wait for you to hold that award up on TV. Well, thank you, man. I mean, like you, no one has had my back on this stuff like you have. And you've certainly, I mean, you've literally seen the lowest of the low points. We've, I know we were talking in some of them. And mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and thank you for always like showing me that love and support because it, it is like those lowest times, it is what gets you through it. If I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have gotten through some of those times without, you know, you and a few other people like you that like, we're like, hey, whatever's going on, you're not like it, telling me that like I'm still like valid. You know, mm -hmm. those low points like actually matters a lot. And I think I know a lot of artists go through times like that. Um, so it just is really meaningful. You're welcome. I can't wait. I know. I, I want to come back on when we release these videos because there's a lot to talk about too. I would love that. I, I don't want to spoil things. Like literally, I'm now in a, a a state of existence where it's like I have I have to hold myself back so I don't do spoilers. That's been your mo from day one. I remember that from back. I'm you're always working on something huge you can't talk about, and that's the reason mm -hmm. why you're successful because you have your hands in many pots and always working. I mean, that's what I love. Yeah, love. It's, there's sometimes it's you get to the ninety percent mark and you're like oh i can't that last 10 percent is really hard but you never regret having made the thing when you're done no you definitely don't well thank you for coming on brother thank you so much for having me man it's real real pleasure we are in space with abso facto we are in space we are in space